Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Yeah, could I have a number three with cheese and uh, a large coffee? And does this smell good? Wolfen down your lunch. <laughs> Serving up today's top sports stories with Wolf and Luke. Hey boys. Presented by Stadium Swim at Circa Resort and Casino, Las Vegas' ultimate sports fan destination. Hi, it is noon on a Wednesday. It is time for Wolf and Down Your Lunch. Aaron Maloney is here, Aaron. So the Phoenix Suns are now 6-1 and one on the season as they defeated the Timberwolves last night, 116-107, to 107, behind Cam Johnson's 29 points. Here's Mikel Bridges on how happy he was for Cam's big game. Happy for him. Super happy. Um, he just needed that game. Um, just so excited for him. And, I mean, every time he shoots, I feel like he's going to go in every single time. So um, I'm happy he saw the ball go in the rim. Or through the net a thousand times today, so that's definitely going to be good for him and for our team. Now, all I could think about when I was watching last night's game, I'm glad Cam Johnson was untouchable. Yeah. What do you guys think about the performance of the Suns last night and also, like, what you've seen from the team that really stands out? Well, I like Mikel obviously enjoying it because that is his twin, so he certainly needs to uh, to appreciate the uh, the points from, from Cam. That when Cam Johnson has a game like that, that to me is an untapped resource when you're looking at last year. And not that Cam never had good games, but if he's going to start consistently being an offensive contributor from the starting lineup position, I'm not saying 29 points and seven threes every night, but you know what I mean. That That's still an area where the Suns can improve over last year. And when you win 64 games... It's hard to find areas where you can improve from the previous year. And yet here we are, they're six and one. They are like two free throws away from maybe even being seven and oh wolf. Yeah, you know, um my first thought was this seemed like a ho hum win for the Phoenix Suns. Um Devin Devin Booker, it was not his typical game. It was not D Book's typical game, but I thought he did what he needed to do to help his team win, and I think that's growth. Cam Johnson was on fire, of course. And Chris Paul. Did you notice Chris Paul showed up in the last six minutes, crunch time, and really made some big buckets, big points scored by Chris Paul in the last few minutes. It's good to see that. Just to remind everybody, including us, oh, yeah, I can of what do he's this capable of doing. To. Yeah, no, they, they can get to wins a lot of different ways right now. And they could last year, too, but you can see them trying to expand that this year. So the NFL trade deadline came and went yesterday, and the Cardinals did not make a move. So our Sanderson Ford poll question is up now at ArizonaSports.com, and it asks, how do you feel about the Cardinals' lack of moves at the trade deadline? So your choices are happy, there's enough talent here, upset, they needed another piece, or indifferent, wouldn't change much. Uh, I can tell you before we hear the results, Wolf, I don't <laughs> want to hear a lot of indifferent. I mean, if you're if you're a professional team, you don't want that indifferent meet, uh, meter to go up. I will say, for the purposes of not voting indifferent, I'm going to vote upset. Uh, I'll say that. Uh, I'm going to say that most people said indifferent. Oh, I'm sure most people said it. Well, what did you say? Well, I, what did I say? Um, they need. I mean, guys. you need to answer the question. They need. Oh, okay. They need guys to get healthy. That's what they need. So I'm okay if they didn't do anything. Oh, well. All right. So you're indifferent. Or are you happy? Which Which of the seven well, dwarves I would, are I you? I would not say happy. Well, I guess indifferent um, wasn't one of the seven dwarves. Yet at the same time, indifferent. That 
that's not what I am. All right. I, <laughs> All right. No wolf wants so wait a minute. I don't even have the option. I, I mean, you're kidding me. How did you you're do pigeonholing a, us? On multiple choice tests growing I, up. I'm, you know, again, um, if they get healthy, I think they're going to be fine. All right. So then you're happy. <laughs> 74% say they're indifferent, That's... wouldn't change much. 20% say they're upset, they need another, another piece. And then 5% say they're happy, there's enough talent here. You would agree it's worse for fans to be indifferent as opposed to upset, right? Now, I understand this is a very specific area, but I'm just saying in general, we don't want to have more and more polls I... where they're indifferent. Yes. Um, I'm happy. Oh, it's great. No, I'm not happy. I'm not. They're three and five, and they're struggling to find themselves. And they they have an injury report is that that is the worst in the National Football League. I'm not happy, but at the same time, if they get healthy, I think they can actually be a team that I I don't know will will scrap and possibly win nine games. Yeah, I do believe that. It doesn't make me happy. So you were option sitting four here. upset. There's enough talent here. You know I. <laughs> No, I'm so indifferent. I'm so indifferent. <laughs> I really want no, all the poll questions it. to be through the lens of the seven dwarves, where we have grumpy, happy, Man. and I don't know. Who's dopey, yeah. I'm sleepy. So Doc. Dopey. Whatever you had Doc to go, was. Okay. You, you would like dopey. dopey. All right. Okay. I'll get you a little purple hat. <laughs> Sneezy. Right. Despite the cards not making a move at the deadline, though, there were a lot of big trades made around the league. So when you look at the deadline as a whole, what trade did you like the most? You have to go with Christian McCaffrey. You have to. That was yeah. Great. That was if, the, that if, was yeah. If we're if we're not going right at the dead, yeah. I mean, that's talk about a a complete player that fits the team he landed on, maybe yeah. better than any other team he yes. would have fit. Yes, absolutely. You have to start there. Uh, listen, I think Roquan Smith to the Baltimore Ravens is just huge. I, I don't know what happened with Roquan Smith and the Chicago Bears. Uh, the fact that he is representing himself, I did not know that he was representing I didn't either, himself. Until Max I did not in, know yeah. that until Max said that. Lamar Jackson, yes, I knew that. Roquan Smith did not know that. And maybe that's what happened. It got personal. That's one of the reasons why you need an agent. That buffer, that go-between... When negotiations get sideways. If I start sending all caps uh, tweets on behalf of Roquan Smith, you think he'll let me be his agent? No. Okay. That's worth a try. Arizona Diamondbacks veteran Christian Walker was named the first base Gold Glove Award winner for 2022. He took home the award over former D-back first baseman Paul Goldschmidt of the St. Louis Cardinals and Matt Olson from the Atlanta Braves, who were the two other finalists for the award. Your reaction to Woke Walker. Good good for Christian Walker. He's the guy that kind of didn't get talked about much this year, right? Because yeah. it was just constantly, hey, here's another rookie coming up. Hey, here's another rookie. Here's a second-year player. And Christian Walker was just standing there quietly bashing home runs and playing pretty good defense at first base. And I think we can all say, since he won it over Paul Goldschmidt, that uh, they have the better first baseman. <laughs> Move along, St. Louis. Everyone knows that I love Goldie. Goldie, Goldie, Goldie. This is one of the best pure hitters I've ever seen. Taste it, Goldie. <laughs> and then, really quickly... We had him on the show, but now I think about it, it's when you weren't here. Goldie, you, he knows I love him, but taste it, Goldie. And then the World Series continues tonight with Game 4 between the Astros and Phillies as Philadelphia currently leads the series two games to one. 
Who do you guys think will ultimately win it all? Because I believe before the series started, you guys both had the Astros. Yeah. <laughs> Is that still <laughs> what you're thinking? Why would you bring that up, Mel? I, yeah, I'm still going to stick with the Astros. Philadelphia, it's it's funny, Wolf. I thought San Diego was that team. It feels like there's one team every yes. year that just kind of yes. has it. The team of destiny. And Philly clearly is that team. Uh, they are actually favored now. They weren't. So Houston was heavily favored going into the series. Houston was still favored after they lost game one to Philly. Now the Phillies are favored to win the series. But um, if it gets to 3-1, yeah, I'm still going to take Houston, though. Listen, um, I thought it was going to go five. Astros. Astros and five. You could be half right still. Okay. Uh, no. Astros and five. I thought it was going to. No. No. Some people out there, if you would have said Astros in a sweep, there would have been some people who said, yeah. Uh, and you may have been able to convince me that they could have swept the Phillies. Uh, that's not the case. The Phillies coming into this series, they needed to be able to hit home runs, especially with ducks on the pond. But if you're going to hit five home runs a game, you should be okay, even if there isn't ducks on a ball. Yeah, it doesn't. There can be no ducks anywhere near the stadium. That's a World Series record to hit five home runs in a game. I also thought that the month and a half they took off between the uh, championship series and the World <laughs> Series, I thought that was going to hurt Philadelphia. I think it actually hurt the Astros more than anybody. And now. You look at the game tonight, Aaron Nola against Christian Javier. I mean, you like the Phillies pitching better in that case, too. This is... I'll stick with Houston because you can't just bail after they they fall behind by one game. I hope Houston loses. (laughs) Don't get me wrong. But, boy, Philly could certainly win this thing. And also, too, I thought it was really, really cool to see Bryce Harper. You know, there are players, once again, that um, transcend time, so to speak. And don't worry about the moment. Go out and try to set the tone. Great players, more times than not, based on and set the tone for games. They do. And I think Bryce Harper set the tone. All right, that was Wolfing Down Your Lunch. Thank you, Aaron. When we come back, the Suns made another change in crunch time last night. It worked again. We'll explain next. It's Wolf and Luke on Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Wolf and Luke. Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. This stat from the Suns game last night. Rudy Gobert didn't make a shot, finished with seven points. Yeah. <laughs> I saw this on Stat Muse today. The uh, the most points by anybody in the NBA this season without actually making a shot. Because he was 7-7 <laughs> seven to seven from the free throw line. Which, once again, for him, that's like, you got to be. He was unconscious from the line. From the free throw line, yeah. What are you doing, Rudy? Necessarily you can't shoot. Is... You're talking about, what, 56%? Yeah. This is a guy, he's almost a 50-50 guy don't, from the line. Don't bring up guys that don't hit free throws suddenly making free throws against the Suns in this town because oh, it's yeah. still a sore subject. Right, thank you. Thank you, Giannis. <laughs> uh, but, uh, but a nice win for the Suns last night. And yes, it was Cam Johnson. It wasn't just Cam Johnson, though. Uh, the bench has been a work in progress, but you can see signs of life there, obviously. Here's Monty Williams after the game. I didn't let him go. I didn't like the feel of it at the end of the third. They had us on our heels a bit. And uh, I, I should have gotten Dario in earlier to match up against Nas. They, they went with two bigs. 
in the one post up I think Nas had one of our smalls down there he just turned and laid it up with his left hand that's on me I should have had Dario out there and then the they had the momentum and I it was a, I think it was a two-point game when I made the the change I just didn't want to put them in that situation they, they've been really good so far this year but sometimes it's it's the rotation the play call or sometimes it's just bad play it just didn't have a great feel tonight at, at the end of the third quarter can I tell you right now, um, Dario Saric, seeing him out there, did that not just warm the heart? Only the second time we've seen him out on the floor. Yeah, I, I kind of thought he would have a bigger role this year, and then he was he was out there, I think, opening night for a couple minutes, and he that was, was it. and that was it. And you know what that made me think of? Um, it made me think that maybe Dario Saric knew just those couple of minutes of the first appearance. You got him out there on the floor and said, you know what, I, I don't feel right. Listen, when you suffer a serious injury, just imagine, Basinonians, how difficult that is to actually go out and compete, especially when you're doing it at the highest level our species can generate to go out there and have confidence that it's not going to happen again i've seen it i'm listen it's not a tough issue either i've seen it with some of the toughest dudes on the face of the planet football players going out there that are no weeping lily and yet they had a hard time mentally adjusting to actually being out there. And especially when you're talking about a serious injury, like an ACL or something like that, a serious injury where you've got to have confidence that you're going to be able to go out there and you're going to be able to perform without that ACL flying out your armpit. Again, not a doctor, right? but that doesn't sound good if that No, happens. but you get my point. Yeah. You know, no, you're right. You, it's confidence. You can't, you can't be hesitant. I mean, how much of sports, and especially as, as each level gets higher and higher, how much of sports is training your mind to basically shut up and play on instinct? <sighs> and when you have an injury, it resets everything, depending on the injury. But if you have an injury that, like you said, is a catastrophic injury, it resets your mind to think, okay, wait, am I, am I, can I pivot on this knee? Can I do this? Is my hip okay? Can I, can I make this cut or whatever? Whatever the injury is and that is a huge part of the recovery process Now he played a little bit for Croatia I thought in the summer but not not much and you're right I mean he he hasn't played at all for the Suns this year that has to be a part of the reason it's got to be a part of the reason but how good was it to see him hit that three man (laughs) I mean a flashback to two years ago yeah you know he played five minutes that was it Um, and I think this is the way we're going to see it I think we're probably going to see Monty uh, I think they're going to use him sparingly at first. Um, I think they'll incrementally ease him back into some type of rotation, but um, it was interesting to hear Monty say that right there. I, I should have gone to Dario sooner, right? I should have done that. Should have gone to Dario. Um, That's right, Monty. Apologize for being only 6-1. and one. You know what, though? I, I, when I heard him say that, I thought, man, you're trying to send him a message, aren't you, Monty? Without actually... Do, do you think Dario Sarge heard him say that? Yes. I think everything Monty Williams does and has done since the day he got here is done for a reason. Exactly. Exactly. Luke, yes. Exactly right. And because of that I think he's he's sending him a subliminal message. Hey, you know what, Dario? You're good. You're good. You're gonna be okay. You're you're over it. We're gonna use you. Get ready. The balance on this team, too, right now, and this has happened a couple times this season, where you look and you're like, okay, well, Booker had 18. All right, Aiton didn't play. Biombo had eight. Okay, well, how did they get to 116 points? 
And then you start to add it up and say, okay, well, Mikhail had 19, Chris Paul had 15. Obviously, last night, Cam Johnson's 29 helps. But then it's just like, Sarge gives you three, Craig gives you four, Landale gives you four, Payne gives you eight, Shamit gives you eight. Like, it just, there's, everybody is chipping in like seven or eight, it feels like. There aren't really a lot of passengers on this team right now, which is especially something to keep an eye on because it's not like the bench is a tryout. But doesn't it kind of feel like they are trying out the bench? Like, okay, yes. who, who can step up in this yes. situation? Who can do this? But they are. We's got an opening. Right? Jay Crowder's gone. Yes. Ish. <laughs> he's somewhere, but he's not here. So, okay, who's going to be the sixth man? Who's going to be the seventh man? And you can work on that during the regular season when you're the Phoenix Suns, when you're the Golden State Warriors, when Yo. you're some of these other teams. But for the Suns, I mean, you're working this stuff out, and you've won six of seven, and you easily could be seven and oh. Yeah. You know what I loved about last night's game? There were many things. But one thing in particular, um, the bench, would you say the bench has been a pleasant surprise so far this season? Yeah. Yes. It's been up and down, but yes, yes. it's a pleasant surprise. No, for me, I, I will say emphatically, it has been a pleasant surprise, this bench. Last night, watching the bench play, oh my goodness, they weren't a surprise. <laughs> you know, well, maybe they were a surprise to me because they, because they had set surprise. The bar higher, exactly. Yeah. And now I was, okay, you get my point. But anyways, think about it right here. Um, they were bad. Like the Timberwolves bench totally owned the bench of the Phoenix Suns. Well, that was when they made their run. And remember back. they had what? Uh, the lead was 18 points. I think hey, I'm, I'm, I'm that's it, from it, memory. It but. looked like, well, this is the sort of stuff you always remember spot okay, on. 18 <laughs> points. 18 points, and suddenly they lost that. Um, it, it was a game. And the, the starters came back in, Basinonians, and they said, all is well. I loved that. Because, yeah, the bench has really surprised and exceeded my expectation for them. But it's great to see your starters come back out on the floor and say, okay. We got this. That's why the Suns were the better team last night. You could see it. I just think it's it's great to have Devin Booker have his worst shooting night of the season, play his lowest total of minutes of the season, and you still beat a good team. Fairly handily. It got close for a little bit, but for the most part, the Suns were in control all night. Minnesota's a good team. I don't think they're a top-six team in the West, but they are a good team, and they are capable of taking out a top-six team in the West in the playoff series or whatever. And yet, even with Devin Booker, who had some legendary moments against Minnesota last year, put up 18 points. It's not a bad night, but he, he shot 6-18. He played 30 minutes. He had the five fouls. It wasn't, it wasn't like these other games where he's putting up 35 against the Clippers or 34 against Golden State, and he's hitting everything, and he's shooting 53% for the, uh, the month of October. He had an off night. Anthony Edwards was a huge part of it. And they won anyway. Yeah, and one of the things, too, you know, Chris Ball in crunch time, once again, we know how legendary he is. It was great to see him uh, resurface, so to speak, at the end of the game and make some big buckets, score some big points for him. Um, I thought he closed out the last few minutes of the fourth quarter, did a great job. How about a 12-to-1 assist to turnover ratio? How about that for That'll Chris work. Ball? I'll take that, yeah. You take that yeah. all day long, right? He was plus 18, man, in the plus-minus. Plus 18. Um, I, I did get teed up. Last night. Actually, I did get teed up late. Okay, got teed up late, and um, that bothered me. <laughs> CP, uh, come on now. You've been around long enough to know you can't do that. Mikel Bridges plus twenty led the way in the plus minus. D'Angelo Russell a solid minus twenty. 
And whatever Jalen Noel was doing for Minnesota off the bench, a plus 14. Where did that come from? <laughs> There's always one stat that just doesn't fit. Text us your thoughts to the FanDuel text line at 620-620 right now. All right, when we come back, what are you watching when the Cardinals face the Seahawks on Sunday? Well, how about what will Wolf watch Wednesday edition? That's next. It's Wolf and Luke on Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Wolf and Luke, Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Well, the rematch coming up on Sunday between the Cardinals and the Seahawks. This has been a weird division in the last few years, Wolf, the NFC West, because the 49ers have owned the Rams. The Rams have owned the Cardinals. The Cardinals have had a good amount of success against the 49ers, right? But when the Cardinals play the Seahawks, it tends to be kind of a split, it feels like, every year. And so here we go, the second time in three weeks with a lot more on the line this week, I would say, than even three weeks ago. What do you got? Um, what do you say we roll that beautiful music? What will Wolf watch? We all Sequels stink. We all know when it comes to movies, the sequel is never as good as the original. Over the years, we have seen many movies turn into legitimate blockbusters. But as we all have experienced, most of the sequels never lived up to its predecessor and many times bitterly disappointed us. The Arizona Cardinals have known bitter disappointment in the first half of the season. And when identifying games that were disappointing, Big Red doesn't need to look past their opponent this weekend. The Seattle Seahawks. Oh, yeah. Seattle is in town. The 12s will be present. Pete Carroll will be chomping gum, clapping hands, and walking the sideline like his thighs are chafing. The Lord of the Rings, The Two Towers, was as good a sequel as you'll find on the silver screen. Speaking of Pete Carroll's hair, J.R.R. Tolkien's masterpiece, for the most part, was dutifully followed by director Peter Jackson. And many of the scenes were just as the book made your brain imagine. Gandalf looked like Gandalf, and Smeagol was as filthy as Tolkien's words made you believe. Geno Smith made doubters believe. Although he didn't light up the Cardinals like he has other teams, Smith's private sequel is turning into a special season. The once-deposed quarterback reminds me more of the return of the king than the two towers. Smith has turned the NFL into his personal plaything, frolicking through blitzes, pressures, and coverages like Nazgul in the night. Although he only threw for 197 yards in week six and didn't throw a touchdown, he protected the ball. Oh, he protected it. He played well enough to win the game. And at the end of the original day, that's all a coach can ask of his cue going into the sequel. Speaking of the Cardinals playing the Seahawks for the second time in three weeks, the offense must play better than they did in Seattle. Although the Cards ran more plays, gained more yards, and had the ball longer, they only had 15 first downs, were 25% on third down, 0 for 2 in the red zone, and failed to score a touchdown against a team that was giving up over 30 points a game. James Wales, The Bride of Frankenstein, is as good as a sequel gets. The 1935 classic received critical acclaim, and although Pete Carroll was born in 1951, he continues to bring dead things to life. 
terrorizing opposing coaches with his defenses, wading through the NFL with a stitched-together, ugly-looking, clumsy-walking group of players that only seem to get better with each passing week. The Seahawks' defense, starting with the Cardinals in Week 6, has improved dramatically. Their quarterback rating allowed has sunk to 76.0 over the last three games, and only five teams have been better over that same period. Most importantly, the worst defense in the league has only 15 points per game in that span. Good for number five in the league. This sewn-together monster has opposing players and coaches shouting, It is alive! Alive, I tell you! None of this looks good for the Cardinals on Sunday. But all of it makes me think of D-Hop and Kyler Murray. I wonder if they'll grab a torch and wave it in the monster's face just to see what he does. After all, even Pete Carroll knows the sequel is never as good as the original. Unless, of course, you're Geno Smith. How happy are you that you hit the post? <laughs> Okay. The uh, original, if you're going to go with the sequel theme here, the original sucked. They don't usually make a sequel when the original's that bad. I can't think of a lot of movies. Wait, a, what are you talking about? The, the original game? Yes, the first, the first game between the Seahawks and Cardinals this season was, to me, the most disappointing of every yes, game. I totally this agree. This has been a disappointing season. It has been a disappointing calendar totally year for the agree. Cardinals. That game, to me was the height of disappointment. The only other one I could even go to in the last season and a half would be the Lions game last year. But the Lions game in the moment, it was alarming, but it didn't really matter. Yeah, That Seahawks game when the Cardinals lost to them just three weeks ago, Seattle was 2-3 and going into that game. It's not like they were having some amazing season. And you said it right there. They've won three straight since then. They have used the Cardinals as their springboard. And the Cardinals lost Hollywood Brown at the end of that game. Yes. You know what's amazing about that, too, Luke? You you, you bring this up, but... Um, the Cardinals offense in that game, when I go back and I think about it, going into that game, you got to remember the Seattle Seahawks were the worst defense in the league, in my opinion. They, they couldn't. They, they just were given the up worst 48 to Detroit or something. That I, I have seen. And, of course, you know how much respect I have for the Arizona Cardinals offense in terms of the talent that they have when I look at it on paper. They have not played up to that talent. They haven't played up anywhere close to that talent. In anger after the game, in anger, I went ahead and I tweeted out. Uh, this is the worst offense in the National Football League right now. I tweeted it Anger out tweet. because I was so I was so disappointed in what I saw, and <laughs> I eventually deleted it. And the reason why I deleted it because all my haters started liking it. <laughs> Seriously, wait, that's the most I, meta I, I, thing I've is, ever heard. To me, that that was the worst thing that could have possibly happened. That all the people that hate me, and there are a lot of people out there, these haters, these tough guys, these Twitter trolls that are out there right now. Let me tell you something right now. Your words, you think you're so tough. Words. Yeah, words. You're so tough, dude. Um. Well, yeah, that's why I deleted it. <laughs> See, that's why Seattle had given up 84 points in the previous two games, so it was 45 to Detroit. 
39 in New Orleans. They had given up 84 points. And they have totally turned it around, man, defensively in the last three weeks. I can go on and on about why that was my least favorite game. The fact that the Cardinals left probably 10 points on the board because they didn't trust their kicker, and I don't blame them, and he missed an extra point. The offense couldn't get in the end zone. If you look at the stats in that game, Wolf, the Cardinals had more yards than the Seahawks. They had more passing yards than the Seahawks. They had more rushing yards than the Seahawks. Now, it was all close. It yeah. wasn't, but, I mean, it was 144 to 136 yeah, right. from the ground, 171 to 160 through the air, 315 to 296 overall. It's not like the game, it's not like Seattle was dominant. Correct. The Cardinals just kept stalling, going for it because they didn't trust their kicker and not making kicks. And and to lose Hollywood at the end of it, I remember thinking, like, this feels like more than one loss. And, and, and now you can add to it the fact that Seattle hasn't lost since. What's amazing about it, the Seattle Seahawks, um, three years in a row now, their defense has started horribly. And then gotten better. Good for them. It must be nice to get better as the season goes. Uh, the Suns are off to their best start since the 2009-2010 season. So what does that mean in the grand scheme of things? It's Wolf and Luke on Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Wolf and Luke Middays. Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. This is Todd's walk-up right here from now on. This is Toddy's walk-up. If, if I had known Todd was coming in right now, I would have I would have recommended uh, Spin the Black Circle by Pearl. Wow. <laughs> Reasons wow. left unknown, but uh, Todd Walsh is here. Yeah, Todd, Todd is here. Todd has wandered into the building. Wow. And, uh, what's going on, Todd? Hi. I, I'm sorry to interrupt. This I is actually... like a variety hour. I like this. <laughs> <laughs> I'm the surprise guest. I, I, I didn't mean to intrude. I just wanted to actually wish Ron Wolfley a happy belated birthday. I know I got to send something to you guys, and I was honored to do that. But I'm sort of in the neighborhood, and I just wanted to make sure that you know I could extend my love to you. Thank you, brother. Love Still you sixty and going, and you know what, sixty and strong, man, yeah. right now. And yeah, you know what, thank you for what you gave me as well. I'm not going to go into detail no, what no. it was, but it means an awful lot. To me. Can, can I say this about that? Do you mind? You can say whatever okay, you want. So back in the day, is my name on the wall anywhere here as someone that's been, <laughs> that worked here for like five years? Uh, we can write it on after okay. the segment if I got a pen. Back in the day when I first covered Ron Wolfley, um, there were no cell phones. The internet wasn't even anyone's idea to plagiarize yet, right? And we would do things on what was the 620 sports line that were just moments or and they would just happen and if you didn't hear them you'd never heard them again but people would talk about it right that's cool things like you reading your own poetry or whatever the yeah, goofy right. stuff we had you do gone but they were just gone so i was a little afraid to come in here and give you the gift that i gave you because i was afraid that it would sort of repopulate itself on the internet but can i just tell you that what i gave you is is from the mystical todd's garage yes and it's because we are from the strangest tribe and we have an affinity for a certain rock and roll band <laughs> and i would i can i give him a homework assignment for his Absolutely. ride home I, in fact i think all guests on the show should give wolf homework okay i have um how long is your ride home it's 10 minutes 10 minutes okay you get spotify or can you get music i got spotify okay man. i need you to go to eddie vetter and his uh, solo album earthling 
Earthling. Earthling. Okay. The tour just concluded in Vegas uh, a couple weeks ago, and I want you to listen to track one. Okay, track one. It's Earthling. called. It's called Invincible. Okay. Okay. Um, the line in it, and I think it's eternal, is "We are invincible when we love." I know that sounds corny. I know this is a sports show, but we're all part of the strangest tribe together. When you hear that song, yes, I want you to. I don't want you to take any texts or calls. I just want you to ride that song all the way home. <laughs> okay. And it will change your life. I promise you. Okay. If no. even for a moment. Yes. But I think longer. You've heard that. Uh, did I play that track for you before anyone else in the before world? Before it was out, yeah. I, actually, I had an advanced copy. I, I dragged So what Luke. you're saying is Luke just heard it and staggered out. <laughs> he did. <laughs> he did. said it didn't we were, change we were him at all. We were in the booth at the Coyotes game, weren't we? <laughs> I made him listen to this song and said, you just need to feel this. So I, I wanted to. I, wanted I will to, do that, Okay. Donnie. What am I supposed to do if Wolf shows up tomorrow, a completely different guy? <laughs> like a no, British I, accent? I've changed the paradigm of this yes. show and the station forever. I'm so sorry. Speaking just, of, why are you here other than <laughs> that's what, it what i wanted doing, to give you this what cool are you gift. doing walking around man you're just, walking around here at the station why are you here i really just wanted to give you that i was out of town on your birthday and i that's why i'm here come on that's it serious? that's he, why i'm he, here he, I, wow, I didn't know todd. what it was but todd told me at the coyotes game the other day that he wanted to bring wolf a yeah. gift yep yeah, yeah a little memento a to me man a little memento maybe bro. you pass it down yeah maybe yeah. that's yeah, yeah. yeah. pass it yeah. down indeed so that's why i'm here with a 35 ounce coffee. What, what is so, you know, when you think sports yeah, you right now, ladies and gentlemen, Todd Walsh, the Todd Walsh, <laughs> yeah, joining us here. Oh, yeah, I call good, him good Toddy. Of course, there, it's Toddy. Yeah. Um, when you, Wait, you call him Toddy and we call him Walsh. You can do whatever you want. Yeah. What? No, yeah, he's Toddy Walsh. Okay. What do you mean? He's Toddy. Yeah, everybody calls him Walsh. Let's knock it off. Okay. <laughs> um, when you think of sports. Yeah. Today, uh-huh. <laughs> when you think of today, and now this is I'm giving you context. Here when you go. think of sports today, okay, what what do you what comes to mind? What's your first thought? Wow, what's my first thought when I think of sports? <laughs> okay, that you know what honestly, I have a name focus, for this Toddy. Life in the abstract. Yeah, this, life in the right, abstract. Exactly. Um, I think of stories. I think of uh, reality TV to its purest form because to me that's what sports is now. I mean, we're watching. These single-celled amoebas that are teams, right? We're all kind of hanging around and going along uh, for the ride. I just think there's a great story to tell, and it's just, it, it, it's always been a microcosm of life. I'm making this up as I go, but these yes. are things that I've said on the air a thousand times because I believe them. Um, I apply stuff that I see in the sports world to my life. I try at least every single day. I learn something from the journey. I'm learning something right now watching the Coyotes go through what they're going through at this new building, and it has given me an extra step like this coffee has. I can't wait to get to the rink. I don't know where I'm going when I get there. It feels like the first week of high school. Why? But it's just something so new, and I know there's so many people taking pot shots at it around the National Hockey League and all points north of the border, and I revel in that. I love that, and I love watching a team come together in spite of their adversity. I love the organic nature of these teams that are playing there now. The opponents that are leaving the building and saying, it wasn't that bad. It was fun. <laughs> it's blowing my mind. Yeah. So I don't, I don't know if I, I really that. answer your question, but no, that's, that's good. That's what I'm thinking about right now. And Luke, I, I when Blake I Wheeler... I a lot of it. Yeah, seriously, when, go ahead and say what you're going to say. When Blake Wheeler, of all people, said what he said after the Jets beat the Coyotes in OT in that first game there, the former first 
first round draft pick that they invested so much, at least in, in theory, in, who, who said it wasn't that bad and it was cool. Yeah. And then to hear the New York Rangers, who could come in with an axe to grind times 10, and they were all smiling and, and, and they weren't laughing at the Coyotes. They were laughing with everyone like, this was cool. It's yeah. fun. You described it perfectly right there. You show up, you. you, you there have been times in the last couple of years with the Coyotes, it's like, okay, this is a game and it's hockey, but it, it's just, it's kind of, I don't know, you're just going mm-hmm. through the routine. Every game so far this year, and I think it'll stay this way, you go to that arena like something cool's going to happen. Oh, so yeah. And like you said, yeah. I still don't know where I'm going. No. And it's not even that big of an arena. <laughs> he asked me last night, we're in the same area during the first intermission for interviews. Yeah. And Luke said to me, uh, do you know how I get out of here? And my response was, I don't know how I got here. <laughs> and I'm not kidding. And that was word that for was, word. With that's us. awesome. I was like, I have 10 seconds to get back to the booth after this interview. <laughs> but he was yeah. concerned. I was like, well, yeah. He was, he was saying to himself, there must be some kind of way out of here. So the joker to the thief. Yes. Talk to me a little bit about Christian Walker yeah. getting a gold glove. Your thoughts on that? Wow. That, uh, and what's I'm, he like? Too, Toddy. I want to know what's he like as a person. He uh, he is uh, he is a grinder. He comes to work every day early before anyone. He's out on the field working on his craft. I think I told you guys or somebody this story about. I mean, we get there at two or three or four o'clock, whatever it is, and um, he had trouble making a certain play, getting a grounder and throwing to second and coming back to first. And then he had a couple of miscues. This was the last couple of years. And then all of a sudden, the next day, there he is for an hour working on that play. Yeah. And so when I see him get a gold glove, I, I think of the work and the understanding of the flaw that he fixed. But he uh, he is a thinker. Like I almost, if, I, if the 3,000-year-old version of me could speak to these guys, I would like to say... Don't think so much, but it's just him. I mean, you yeah. you would zero in on him if you were in a room with him. Like, it, you can't help the stare. He's got that thousand-yard baseball stare. <laughs> Does that make sense? Yeah. Yeah, that's what I think about right. him. Yeah. And what are you putting in your hair, Toddy? Because it looks really, I mean, you just naturally <laughs> it all. Like your hair. I, I, is, I, I had the windows. What are you I had do? the window Barbie. down, and I'm on my way to get my hair cut. <laughs> to be, I'm, I have a 2.30 are you appointment. you serious? Oh, yeah. Oh, my goodness, yeah. man. I thought you we're going to grow it out. Tom. No, 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 no. I got to calm it down, man. This is, this is just, um, I have to remember who I am and how old I am. I don't want to think about that, but I do. By the way, I woke up today and the first thing I saw on social media, I follow an old St. Louis Cardinals Twitter account. I yeah. Mean, do you know those guys? Yeah. I, I don't know the guys who run it, but I, I Did you see what, the post from today? No. What is it? Well, it's against the Philadelphia Eagles. Gene Stallings gets a win as a St. Louis Cardinal head coach. Uh, The Eagles throw a pass. The the clock runs out about the two-yard line. Jaworski goes deep. But the block that you made in motion to blow out the end for a stump Mitchell touchdown, do you remember the play? Uh, No. Okay. Okay, When you've made so many plays. No, no, no. This this one is like... Oh, this is fullback. Oh, you. my goodness. Really? Oh, yeah. Hey, team listen. He's looking for it. Uh, yeah. 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 it oh, yeah. That, I woke up to that. I'm like, oh, that's right. I got to go give Ron his present. You know, and you know, Tony, uh, so many times I was destroyed on the field, just killed yeah. on the field. I know. And uh, metaphorically yep. speaking, of course. And can I tell you right now, I liked it. Yeah, I know <laughs> you did. <laughs> kind of liked it. Um, you know, it's just, it's part of the game. It's what you do. You know, sometimes you eat the bear and sometimes the bear eats you and you don't think about it no right, right? 
Uh, it, it is what it is. Cliff Stout <laughs> on this day, Cliff Stout. 1986 led the Big Red to a come from behind 13-10 win over the Eagles at Bush Stadium. <laughs> and you absolutely obliterate, <laughs> obliterate the end. You're in motion. That's awesome, yeah, man. How about that? That's great. I'm going to actually retweet oh, okay. it now instead of like it. Uh, <laughs> there we go. It's out to the world. All right. I'm That's, so happy for you. That is awesome. All right. Man. Well, happy birthday, belatedly. Thank you. Man. I didn't mean. I, thanks for letting me stop now by. You, now you kind of just have to do this periodically every couple just of weeks. Show up. Yeah, yeah, totally. Yeah. It doesn't even have to be a good gift. Just bring something from your house sometime. Just, and be like, here's a plant that died out front. Yeah. Can we have the possum kingdom once more on yeah. the way out? Is that <laughs> okay? We're gonna play Todd or, off with you know, some uh, just, just remember, Ron, on your way home. <laughs> Invincible track okay. one. We'll do, bro. Feel it. Right. A little lighter. Goodbye, Mason Ernie instead. Todd Walsh. Say goodbye. Uh, all right. Thank you, Todd. When we come back, Cardinals, Seahawks for the second time in three weeks. We'll get into that next. It's Wolf and Luke on Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. To walk with me.